In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Welcome to the Man Card Podcast and our mission to build an army of men in the arena who are becoming the best version of themselves in changing their world. Males are born. Men are made. We're going to separate the men from the boys. A man is as a man does. We want to help you to become the best version of you. Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed saying, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. That's awesome. The man card belongs to those protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. A man is as a man does. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we we salute you. you. Guys, we honor you today. Because you're out there grinding it out in the stress bubble of life, a.k.a. the arena. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Man Card Podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is experts in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our goal in every episode, guys, is to call you into the arena of manhood, to call you out of the faceless, nameless void of the male-dominated bleachers, and to call you up to becoming the best version of you, because when a man gets it, everyone wins. As you hear, I'm Jim Ramos, and I am here with the backbone of the MCP, the producer, co-host, and good buddy, Dale Culver. How you doing, my man? Doing awesome. 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 Monday is here. I love podcasting on Mondays. Well, we've never done it before, I ever. Know. Not it's one great. time, so this is different. Especially 8 a.m. I know. How'd you, you get the kids worked out? You get your kids off to no school? No school. Normally, no school today? hmm Oh, wow. Sweet. So it's, I'm going to do this podcast and go home for a vacation. Yeah. So, hey, we want to say uh, happy Veterans Day to our veterans out there. We are podcasting Thank you. on Veterans Day. And, hey, guys, uh, just because uh, you have been such a blessing to us and our freedom, if you uh, give us a call, I'll send you a copy of my latest book, The Man Card, and I'll just, um, just send me about five bucks for postage, and we'll just mail that out to you. We'll give you the book for free, and you pay for postage. You're shaking your head. Should I just send the book out for free? If you're a veteran for free. Without the postage? It's two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll just send you the book. Yeah. If you're a vet. Do it. All right. Do it. So that's Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you got a man word for me today? I do. It goes with the day. Honor. I was going to say veteran. Well, that's good, too, but honor. That honor's better. Yeah. So why honor? Well, I think we need to honor our servicemen, our first responders, all that good stuff. I, uh... On uh, Saturday, there was a parade in our town. We did this, our uh, 
church did the sound system for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my buddy ran the thing, and he asked me to come up and say a couple words and pray for our, our troops overseas. And I'm like, dude, I can't stand up here next to you guys. I'm just some dude. Yeah. And uh, so I got to speak, and, and just one of the things that I really struggle with is people who are not honoring our troops. Yeah, I agree. And uh, and we need to teach more respect and honor to our young people and uh, change our culture. To well, honor. I, I don't. I would say. I would say. I'm not sure. I would say young people. Everyone. Yeah. Well, uh, as you're raising your children, yeah, yeah, you should be yeah. teaching. Well, and I would. Th- I think the. Col- I love the phrase "culture of honor." I think that we need to have a culture of honor in how we honor our spouses, how we honor our children, mm-hmm. and I think a big problem in churches is there's not a, a culture of honor. You know, this guy just goes up there and speaks too long, and he dishonors that person, and that person speaks too long and dishonors that person, and pretty soon your service is over half an hour late, and it dishonors everyone. It all starts with honoring people, right? And it all goes back to, which we'll learn today, it all goes back to love, right? If I'm going to love a person, I'm going to honor a person. And so and I really love that, and I, and I think honor is a big issue for all of us today, and not just a modern culture issue. It's an issue that's been going on for thousands of years. And I think if we can learn to honor each other, I think that life uh, is a lot smoother. And um, I think uh, you see a lot less conflict. And so that's good, man. Right. I appreciate that word. Yeah. So, guys, I want to, again, let you know that our I put a little post out there for our, um, semi, our annual uh, death ruck. Uh, it's our second annual and have a lot of guys wanting to get engaged in that. The first thing you guys do is just mark it on your calendar. It's Saturday, Sunday, June 22nd, 23rd. And we are, a lot, we are saying, hey, wives, if you want to come, feel free. Uh, to come uh, with your husband, and so I um, want to invite you to that. We've got some pretty good momentum on that, and the guys are saying, let's go 65 miles, and I'm like, I don't think I, I – I feel like God is saying no. Okay, so uh, it'll be, be probably 40 for, to 50 miles in two days. should be good. So For my anniversary with my wife, I think come? you should do it. Yeah, I, I really do seriously think you should do it. For our anniversary? To have, well, I think you should do it. I don't know. It's our anniversary. I'm not doing it alone. She'd have to go with me. Okay, then bring her with you. All right, so hey, I want to bring on our uh, guest again from last week, uh, Michael Thompson. So I just want to give you a little review of Michael. He's 54 years old, lives in Durham, North Carolina. He's the director, president of Zoe, and he's authored three books, Search and Rescue, out of, in 2011. The subtitle of that book is The Love and Life You're Looking For, uh, Looking for You, The Life and Love Looking for You. I, I got tongue-tied there. And then uh, the book that we're talking about today, The Heart of a Warrior, Before You Can Become a Warrior, You Must Become the Beloved Son. And then uh, in 2019, he's got a book coming out with his wife called Brazen, Fearless, Bold, and Without Shame. So looking forward to that. His passion in life is creating an environment for men to connect with God, guiding and sharing with men what it looks like to live an oriented life, I love that word, to experience who they are, where they are, and the good that God is up to in their lives. So I want to bring back on the show and welcome again this week, Michael. How you doing, my friend? Good, good. Good to be with you, man. Thanks for having me back. Hey, it's great. We just, uh, that book, you got, that book's broken in two parts and I felt Mm -hmm. like uh, there's no, we couldn't go and do the second part of the book justice. I felt like we needed to come, I hate saying the word felt like, we needed to come back and do it again. (laughs) Felt like was like wishy-washy. No, we needed to do that thing. And so what I want to do, Michael, I'm going to review in my own words, so I just la- literally sat down at a computer and just typed this out yesterday. My own words, what I took away from your first half of your book, okay? And then when okay. I'm done with that, I'm going to allow you to uh, critique that <laughs> and okay. make sure I didn't mess it up. So what I took away from Heart of a Warrior was that um, 
that, that, that it's broken into two halves, and this first half deals with uh, becoming a beloved son. Now, your book title says, Before You Become a Warrior, You Must Become a Beloved Son, but what, we, what I took away from that is, in Christ, when I, when I receive Christ, I am a beloved son, but the problem with us as men, there are things that prevent us from receiving this love and this uh, acceptance and validation and affirmation as a loving father wants to give us that we don't understand or realize how to receive it because of our woundedness or whatever. And so you talked about men becoming that these beloved sons, these men who understand what it means to be beloved, are what you call oriented men, and you define that as, and again, I'm going to put my little twist on it so I can remember it, that an oriented man is a man who knows who he is as a son of the king, a child of God, a son who is greatly, deeply loved by God the Father. That oriented man is also a man who knows where he is in the micro or tangible reality of time and space, the things I can see, touch, taste, smell, whatever, and and that he's oriented to where he is in the macro story of God's grand kingdom drama. So in other words, he's able to see with intang- the intangible into what we would we could call the spirit realm or into what we would call God's bigger redemptive story. And the third thing is, and this is where I, I put a little curveball on it, I, I wrote down that he also, the third thing is, he knows why he is. In other words, uh, in your book, you talked about he is able to see the good that God is up to. So he understands and has received this mission that God has kind of uh, put in his path, maybe because of a passion he has, or maybe because of an experience or a situation he's kind of compelled to uh, fix or compelled to saturate his life into, and he has this why. He knows his why. He's able to navigate through the hard times of living on this dark planet because he has a macro view of of God and God's goodness, and things don't hinder him. Uh, Even when things go against him, he's able to rebound from that. And the signs of this oriented man are threefold as well. He has nothing to hide. In other words, the word I wrote down is he, he lives in holiness or set apartness, He has nothing to hide, which that convicted me. I I was like, oh, I've got a couple unswept corners here. And then he has nothing to prove. In other words, he walks in humility, and he has nothing to fear. These are all H words for me. And I wrote down, he's hungry. He's hungry for God. He's hungry for God's riches. And because he hungers, that hunger supersedes or overrides his fear. So this is the takeaway I have from the first uh, part of the book. And so I'm going to turn it over to you and let you critique my uh, understanding. <laughs> yeah, I, I need a copy of that. Uh, that's really, that's really a great, um, that's a great summary. Um, I think I think you pulled many of the variables that we were we were after when we wrote the book. Awesome. Um, you know, it's it's not a system, um, it's not an equation, but these are all ingredients that that are really critical to masculinity mm. in the in the kingdom and and the process that 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 you were summarizing that we tried to summarize in a couple hundred pages you know is grander even than 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 we're than we can we can speak it, it becomes very 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 personal it becomes very um customized you know when you start to line up a few men much less several man, their stories and what's happened to them and, and, and what God wants to do to, to reveal 
to their hearts experientially encountering God's love mm -hmm. is, is a variety. I mean, it is a variety pack. And we've heard some of the most extraordinary stories. I think it was you. Yeah, it was you last week. Uh, last week we were in the first podcast. You talked about the significance of, um, of a coffee cup yeah. and, and how yeah. God spoke, how God spoke to you in that moment. And so we, we hear stuff like that all the time. Um, and, and how God will take, just crazy, amazing, wonderful things to, to deliver packages to our heart, to show us that he, he loves us. He's for us. He sees us. And those are all the things that the more and more men and women begin to experience and encounter God's love for them. We believe the more impacted, the more even transformed they become. Um, you know, you were talking, uh, you and Dale, we were talking about honoring and, and the significance of, of honoring the process or honoring the other person or, um, and that's, that's learned, you know, over time. And sometimes you learn by messing things up and by how not to do it and what isn't right and good. And, um, to come out on the other side of what is, you know, how, how does, how does it work to honor this process of learning? And I love, uh, we are beloved sons. Like you said, in the summary, we are beloved sons and we're learning how to be beloved sons he it's it's a it's an identity that is bestowed but but it's kind of like those when we were little you know those big bigger clothes mom mom bought us those clothes <laughs> you know I'm, I'm 54 i remember going to sears you know going to sears and putting my foot in that silver contraption you know and it always uh yeah. somehow i came, somehow i came out with buster browns that were their kids that were two sizes too big you know and we but we're growing into and I think that's part of this, what we would all identify as the sanctification process. We are becoming more and more like Jesus. We're growing into that. He was and is the beloved son. And, and, and we are in that lineage. We're in that line. Uh, so I, I think it's a great summary. And the more and more that we're seeing men experience and encounter God's love, the more it's settling them. I, I love your list, uh, holiness, humility, and hunger, you know, nothing to hide, nothing to prove, nothing to fear. Mm -hmm. That's that. Those are the qualities yeah. of, of a man who's in this process and on this journey with God for the renovation of his own life and heart. And is and somewhere along the line, then he begins to be entrusted with the lives and hearts of others. And he joins the mission that God's on. And, uh, and that, and that's pretty weighty. You don't have to try to matter. You matter. Yeah. And, uh, and I like how, what you said about the, you know, the two kingdoms at war, they're over, over you, you matter. Yeah. And we want, we want men to get their worth and value from that. And the significance of, uh, we put in the book, um, you know, eBay's taught us a lot about what something's worth, you know, it's, <laughs> it's what, it's what somebody will pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you look at the ransom that the father paid to have his image bearers, his boys back. Um, that's pretty weighty. And so how does that move from principle to, you know, palpable? How does that move to an experience that I'm enjoying and experiencing with the father uh, rather than just theology, which is phenomenal. <laughs> it's, it's important to know that academically, theologically, but how do we begin to experience that kind of worth and value? Well, you know, it's interesting you, you made the comment about theology, because I have been known during sermons to call them theologians, 
on purpose because I think sometimes uh, we get too focused on academia and we have, and this is my own opinion based on 30 years of experience, but, and I have my degrees and I have the, I have the, the paperwork uh, for ministry, but what I have discovered is intellectualism does not lead men closer to Jesus, experience does. And when we have intellectual men in the pulpit who teach intellectual concepts without experiential concepts, we're robbing guys to understand and receive or grab onto that purpose yeah. or that mission that that God has for them. And a funny story, you're talking about going to kids and way <laughs> when you were a little kid and you were trying up for different shoe sizes. Well, now that I'm 52, I go buy shirts just a little bit too small so I can shrink into them. You know, uh-huh. Hey, if I just, my wife would go, oh, honey, if you just lose a little weight, you can get into this shirt. And so, but you know, it's really interesting because in your book, you talk about that. That as a that Satan has a strategy, and I think you're quoting a little bit of Eldridge here as well. I think you give him credit for some of this. That 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 Satan wants God's men to settle for less. Yeah. To to say, you know, I'm okay wearing that smaller shoe. I'm okay, you know, being less than. I had a a pastor and his wife come and pray for me one one time, and they were like, they want they prayed over me for the thing that's hindering the most. And I thought, oh man, here comes the list of sins, baby. And they said, um, it was a, it was kind of a more of a prophetic type of prayer thing. They said, we see you trying to put yourself into a small box, hmm. you know. And and what they were saying was the sin that was God is not concerned about this sin or that sin as much as He's concerned about the freedom that I have to be larger than life for Him, yeah. to be put on display yeah. for Him, to be uh, a salt for Him, to be light for Him. And so yeah. Satan says, shrink back, be less. And and if you, I'll give you the comforts of this world. I'll give you all these things if you just are less than, and just don't make a lot of waves. You seem passionate about that in your book when you spoke about that. Yeah, 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 very much. I th- I think you're talking about being another word maybe is compromised. Absolutely, in, in some way. Um, and and back to the academic and the theologic. Um, you know our. And it's not an indictment. It's just an observation that, yeah. you know, th- those in professional ministry are falling at the same rates of those who aren't. So something's wrong. Yeah. You know, Jim, something's not right when those who know this word, Greek, Hebrew, teach it Sunday after Sunday, bless their hearts. What a what an incredible, difficult position to be in. And yet something they they have compromised places that they'll go and have an affair or they'll go and, and, you know, be caught in some kind of uh, compromised situation. So, you know, just from that example alone, that academics and theology will not cut it. Correct. There, there has to be more than that. Um, and, and, and I think we, I think we're, you know, we're exploring that and, and even proposing that if, if the guys who are the smartest, you know, on the team are falling, and, and subject to the enemy's luring and, and compromise what, what, what hope do the rest of us have? And so, and you know, when a pastor goes down, it's, it's, it's a big black eye. So, you know, that's, yeah, those are really important uh, things that we're, you're talking about that we're exploring in terms of what, what is a man, why aren't we more free? If the offer, as you mentioned earlier, uh, with your encounter with the prophetic prayer, if if the offer is freedom, and that's what we're enjoying, that's what we've been given in Christ. Why aren't more men free? And those are reasons why we 
wrote the book. That's why we wanted to explore this uh, like we did that. And, and we were under, we were experiencing more and more that, that, that the, the love of God, the, the way that God was loving us, the things that might be in the way of receiving his love were, were very significant in God's healing our hearts, redeeming things, and then, and then, and then training us and empowering us and, and giving us this power and authority that Jesus says he's going to give us in Matthew 28. Um, and what's mm-hmm. it for? We must, we must going to need it. And, 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 and how are we going to wield it? Uh, and that's, and that's a whole other, that's why this, the second half of the book, we, the beloved son being the foundation. And now we know who we are. God's told us, we didn't just read about it. He's actually, he's actually spoken and told men who they are, how he sees them. And it remedies what the world's told men, what their fathers did or didn't do, mothers, coaches, teachers, other authority figures. What if the father would speak to your heart, who he, who, who he made you to be, how he sees you, who you are in the kingdom. And then you're invited to, to grow into that. Mm-hmm. That's what we found to be true. Well, I love, I love a story you shared earlier in the book, and I actually have done this on at least two occasions where a speaker has sent me away with a piece of paper or whatever and just asked God this question, what do you think of me? And I think yeah. that's really important. Yeah. I met with a 14 uh, men under 30. We have a, a great Hunt for God group that's meeting. And as we were meeting with these guys yesterday, we were talking about what a man is according to 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen, and talking about standing firm in the faith. And we went through several verses that dealt with that. And what it came down to is it, it, it seems to me that the message that we're receiving a lot in churches is the message of forgiveness in our Christian faith, that, that Jesus came to forgive us of our sins so we can go to heaven. I agree with that 100%. I'm not yeah, discounting yeah. that. But I'm right. going to push on that concept a little bit because I think that Jesus came to forgive us of our sins so we can go to heaven and so that we can walk in total freedom as the best versions of ourselves. And so the sins that hinder us now, we're already forgiven those sins because of Jesus on the cross when we invited Jesus into our life. But what God is concerned about as a follower of Jesus is our freedom in Christ. The forgiveness has already taken place. So I am a beloved son. I need to receive the fact that I'm a beloved son, but I need to walk in freedom. And so the question of the hour for guys is, what things are you in bondage to? What things are you uh, allowing to be less than? And I love what you, you quoted Tolkien, and you talked about uh, when a man, that, 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 that God's men settle for less when they see themselves in the center of their story or yeah. if they see themselves in a playground instead of a battleground. And I yeah. think if guys realize that there's a battle going on and it's not about receiving forgiveness and coasting, it's about receiving forgiveness and then finding freedom. Yeah, yeah, amen. <laughs> you said it well. We're, the gospel's bigger than, than the cross and sin and forgiveness, though those are absolute elements of the gospel. But when we, when we kind of trade up the, the, the sin management idea, yeah. like you're talking about, and, and, and enter into uh, the, the training of, of life, capital L, life in the kingdom, uh-huh. um, and, and what it is to be fully alive, as St. Irenaeus said, that's the, the glory of God is man fully alive. Yes. Why, don't we have, why don't we have more men fully alive? So I think you're on a very important principle that needs to be mined and mined deeply, that our, 
our our gospel is is bigger than than those three things because we see what kind of life it produces when it's really about your sin and forgiveness the production seems to be more of a life of sin management than yeah. a life of freedom so i mean i think that's a really important how do we how do we share teach talk offer that message from from the pulpits you know i mean and you're talking about pastors in some ways being reformed in in what they're what they're teaching what they're sharing what they're offering and we do want to see people come into the kingdom the cross is still a central part of this but i think we're agreeing jim on there's there's a larger gospel yes and it, and it invites you and me to a larger life as men and women and and that's and that's a glorious thing to to not bring the the gospel in a reduction sense but to continue to see it expanding into a glorious um power and authority come on the the kingdom of darkness i mean this changed the way i, I mean i don't even like to use the word evangelism anymore yeah from what it's what it's associated with yeah and i and i love the four laws i love the the simplicity of accepting christ you know for your sin i i'm not discarding that but but evangelism now is an invitation into life and life to the full and 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 and, and yes you have to go through the toll booth this of sin and cross that's been paid for you but you don't stay there yeah. you don't live there you move on down the road into something much, much more significant. This this life like Jesus lived, and that's that's extraordinary. I think men respond to being invited up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Call uh, them up and, and 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 called in, not not indicted, not told you're not doing enough. And you, you know, there's that part in the in the second half of the book where I said, often often the life of the smaller gospel leads to a life of servitude and Jesus did the craziest thing in his, in, in his story with his friends. He said, I no longer call you servants. I call you my friends. Mm-hmm. So there's something in there for us. I think, I think there has to be a time where we do the right thing and don't do the wrong thing. And there's obedience and there's servitude. But I know this from my own experience and all the, all the sharing and offering that we've gotten to do the last uh, few years through the book and it's this, you, Jim, you can serve somebody and not be in love with them. Oh, absolutely. But you can't be in love with someone and not serve them. So it's really about being in love, loved by God, loved by God. And, and the response to that kind of love initiates us, validates us. It covers a multitude of things in our past, and it invites us up and into more. And that's what we're... That's what we're trying to share and offer. Yeah. Well, and this you, you just you just got me uh, going on marriage. Even you know, Amen. I yes. fell in love that's, with this woman. That's right. Now I hate her and I want a divorce. Well, serve her. Well, I don't love her. Well, the serving is a very initial phase that will perpetuate itself to love. But if you, but it's got to be through a desire to agape, which even if you don't feel that love, we do that with that hope that. The feeling will come back. It's just a real interesting cycle, right? It, yeah. it, it, people can get in a real interesting cycle. But, you know, it's really interesting. I, I love Zoe because uh, John 10.10 10 is my life yeah. verse. I have oh, uh, The thief How comes cool. to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have Zoe 
and have it to the fullest. And it's really interesting there. And we've been hinting around this, but let's just do it. Uh, you know, the enemy comes to, and I believe this is a progression, an upward progression. He wants to steal. You know, he wants to wa- rob teenagers of their virginity. He wants yep. to steal our passion and our zeal for life. He wants to rob us of deep and authentic relationships. He wants us to, he wants to steal our bigger self and to settle for less. And he wants to kill, man. He wants to take you out. He wants your soul yep. in hell. He wants you done, and if he can't have your soul in hell, he wants to have your soul dead and in heaven ASAP, smoke cigarettes, get cancer, die, get drunk, get in a car, die, do stupid stuff and die. He wants you taken out. And the the third thing that really is really powerful to me was he wants to destroy you like the kings of old who would come in, kill the king, their predecessor. They would kill the king, all the king's male heirs, and then they would... Yeah. Basically have sex with the women, so the women carried his sons in his name, and his entire lineage, his name is forgotten. And Satan wants to destroy our lineage. And this is how I interpret it. Maybe I'm a little hardcore. He wants to destroy our eternal lineage. And so this is yeah. serious, serious business. But on the flip side, God is saying, I want you to have Zoe. I want you to experience a life that money can never buy. I want you to experience a life that sex can never Never, you'll never, it'll, it'll feel, it'll be way better than that. You know, I mean, he wants to give us a life. And I even trying yeah. to comprehend and explain Zoe to people, I, I struggle and I fumble because I can't yeah. articulate the life I'm experiencing in Christ compared to the life I experienced before him. Yeah, I get it. I get the struggle. That's, that's why you, when you were reading a little bit about us early in the, in the show, it's, we, we want to create environments where people can encounter and experience God for themselves um, because telling them it can be helpful. Showing them is also really, uh, really special and, and important, but when, and, and hopefully all that's to set up that moment when, when God um, brings, brings them near, brings them close and, and, and whispers to them the things that their hearts long to hear. You know, we're made for love. We were we were created for it. And so we're restless without it. Yeah. And 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 so it's a it's an issue of panhandling. Are we gonna go, you know, panhandling for affection and attention and approval? Yes. Yes, you are. We are. We're image bearers created in the image of God, the holy love that the Father, Son, and Spirit enjoy made us for love and are inviting us to to choose to be in love with them. We have this will that is absolutely wild that he would entrust us with, with the ability to accept or reject. And yet even in our rejection, he said, but I will pursue you. I will romance you to myself. I will come after you. I mean, relentless redeemer. And so what is it to experience and encounter that far beyond theology and into a personal theology, a personal experience? And that's why we invite men to go back in their story, because what's compromised them has been some of their personal stories and experiences. Those messages spoke falsehoods yeah. that, that, that were stealing, killing, and destroying them at, at, an, at naivety, at innocence, at, at identity, and all those things. So how are we going to recover from that? When, when that stuff has a hold of us. And if you, you know, you've heard men, if, if you heard it long enough from your father, it, you believe it. You're an idiot. Yeah. Why are you so stupid? Why would you, why would you do that? When you're shamed 
or you feel fear or you're made to, you know, that you don't feel like you're provided for or protected, especially what do we call it, Jim, in formative years mm-hmm. in boyhood. Mm-hmm. That's what so many, I see so many men needing to go back and fight battles that they couldn't at the time. But in the spiritual realm, there's no watches. There's yeah. no clocks. You yeah. can, you talk, talk about a DVR. You can rewind that Hummer <laughs> and get in there when you were eight, nine, 10, 11, and things happen and see Jesus redeem those things, even rewrite some of those stories. And what, if God's going to work all things out for the good, right? To those who love him and are called according to his purpose, it doesn't say all things were good that happened to you and me, Yes, but he's going to work them out to the good. And you were talking earlier about ha- having an expertise in something. When that stuff gets worked out, when God begins to work that stuff out for the good, and, and here's, here's the implication. If it's not good yet, then he's not done working yet. True, true. And so, so what does it look like to work some of that tragedy, trauma, sadness, hurt, and pain, and wounding moments when people sinned against you? And then as you got older, yeah, you, you began sinning as well. That's what we mean by wounds and wounding and wounding messages. But man, when you can come out from those shadows and come out from under those curses and spells and come out from under those um, identity labeling pieces and receive what God says and what God feels towards you. I know the word, the words are in the scripture. You know, you're an overcomer. Um, you're dearly loved. Um, more than a conqueror. You're, you're, you're more than a conqueror. You're holy. You're righteous. But experiencing those things is, is far far greater than reading about him. Well, I love, I love the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians. He's, he's, he's addressing probably the most spirit-filled church in the New Testament. They're also really jacked up. Uh, stepmom is, you know, having sex with stepson, you know, Son, lawsuits, yeah. going to the temple and having sex with prostitutes. But he addresses them in the first nine verses, calls them, I think, twice, you are, you are saints, so it's that yeah. it's that tension between now and not yet, right? That, now and not yet. That. Yes, yes so, that's, that's it. Oh, we man. are, we are, and we are becoming. We are and becoming. Yes, absolutely. Hey, we're gonna take we a short break and, and uh, mm-hmm. hear from our sponsor. We'll come right back. The Man Card Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that's building an army of men who are becoming the best version of themselves and changing their world. The war to change your world is epic. Every battle counts and every man in the arena matters. So get in the game by joining our closed Facebook forum for men called The Men in the Arena. There, you'll lock arms with men from all around the world who are stepping up as their best version. What is a man? What does he do? How does he live? When does he know when he's crossed over from male to man? The lines defining manhood have become blurred, and guys today are more confused than ever. That's why I wrote the man card, five characteristics separating men from boys. Guys, you're going to love this book. Go to the Great Unforgot app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. No book written defines manhood in such a way as this. I'll put the man card next to any book ever written on the topic. Yes, I believe it's that good. In the man card, I expose several myths of manhood and draw a line in the sand between men and males. This book will change your life. Guys, thank you so much for jumping into the arena with us today and championing the greatest battle of our time. Become your best version. Join the fight to change your world because when you get it, everyone wins. 
So when I do these podcasts, uh, Michael, I like to pretend I'm having coffee with a guy, just two guys having coffee. And so one of my coffee questions for you, oh, you, well, I had my coffee before I walked in, but uh, my question for this is, so let's say I were to, and I did receive, and uh, and I uh, thank you for the invitation to come to one of your Zoe uh, weekends. So let's say I come to a Zoe weekend for men. What is that called? An encounter, Heart of a Warrior encounter. Okay. So what is the cost for a weekend? Roughly? Uh, three thirty. 300 bucks. And that's a Friday night, Saturday Thursday, day. Thursday Thursday night. Oh, and it ends when? Sunday. Sunday uh late morning lunch. Oh gosh, so it's a it's extended weekend. Yeah. Okay, so what are some just give me a couple things that go on during that weekend. Do you have a guest speaker? Do you have a worship man? Do you have a lot of silence, solitude? What what goes on there? Yeah, great question. Um so yeah, we do that extra day, that three and a half days because we found over time that it, it takes an extra day for men to unplug from the matrix. Yep. And so uh, to just kind of find third gear again, to slow things down. Um, so that's why we start Thursday at dinner and, and run through travel days, Thursday, especially and more and more. I mean, guys are coming around from all over the country. So we're having to deal with flights and things like that and maybe delays and stuff. So anyway, but mostly because what we've talked about, you know, at length in two podcasts, uh, it, it, it takes several sessions to lay that out. So we have about 10 sessions through the weekend. Oh, wow. A couple in the, a couple in the morning, one in the afternoon after about four hours of free time because boys need to play. So we, we have a playground and recess. Yeah. Uh, Young life camps are great for that. Yep. I mean, we shoot, yep. we shoot stuff, we fish, we hike, we, we take naps, you know, we do all the stuff that guys need to do in the in the afternoon that they don't maybe get to do day to day but um so after the session it's about a 50 minute session that we do a sharing and teaching and guiding uh and and they're they're our team it's it's our friendships um it's it's walking with god together as friends and discovering the truths and the experiences and encounters of the weekend um i mean in our lives and we share those during the weekend so you know it's not speakers brought in or all-star teams and uh, you know, most of us, um, won't be known until that weekend, you know, yeah, and that's, yeah. and, and so, but we're, we're every guy, you know, we're, we're on this journey, uh, as, and maybe a f- little further down the, the road, but so after a session, then men are released for some time, we call it time alone with God, where we give them three, maybe four questions at the end of our session to go be with God. Uh, we found that, um, small groups aren't the best because kind of the talkers talk and the hiders hide. And mm-hmm. so really, and, and that men need God more than they need each other. Yeah. They need to hear the father more than they need to have somebody else kind of hijacking a group or not, you know, uh, the, the concern of sharing, you know, what their stuff with, with a group of guys. So we don't do that at, at this particular weekend. Um, and yeah, men, I mean, the novelty of it for me the first time was, wait, I'm going to go ask God some questions. That's that I've never done that. That doesn't. How do you do that? You know, I mean, m- again, my view of God was pretty. And I we yeah. put that in the book, I, yeah. how I saw God. I, you kind of fill out your order and you slip it under the under the door and hope he'll take care of a few things. Yeah. And then, you know, you submit another form tomorrow versus asking him questions because I felt like if I did, God was mad at me and I'm the problem. And that, uh, you know, what I, 
I knew I knew the principle of unconditional love, but that wasn't my personal theology. Uh, yeah. So yeah, much yeah. of per, the performance life teaches us that it's conditional and based on what you do and how you do it. So men, you know, men begin to we, we try to teach, model and invite men to, to get into conversation with God and, and a journal and, and a few questions and a pen. And and then he does the he does the wildest things God does in their lives over those weekends. Well, that's cool. I appreciate you sharing that. I, I, I was just curious, like, what goes on at yeah. this thing? Every weekend's different. And so yeah. I want to move into, uh, and I, gosh, I'm kind of concerned about time, even though we got about 30 minutes still, but there's a couple things I really want to unpack. And the first thing is, I'm just calling it BW2 at TS, Basic Warrior Training School. So you talk <laughs> about this, a uh, warrior training, and you list seven things. And so I'm just going to read them and just ask you to just in one or two sentences define okay. what this is. Because I think this was really, really good stuff, and I might do an equipping in 10. So we do an interview format, and then we do equipping format. I've already done two equipping formats on nothing to prove, nothing to hide, nothing to fear. And the other one was, uh, what was the other one? The oriented man. So I've already done two stuff, two things yeah. out of your book. I might do this one as well. I'm going to do one on loving your wife and the things she needs from later in your book. But but yeah. that way the guys can really digest what's going on and go pick it up and, and do what they need to do with the book. But let's break this down. The seven basic warrior training school principles. The first one, and I'll just say it, and you just explain it in one or two sentences. Staying connected to the king. Yeah, vine and branches, connected, yep. intimacy, intimacy. You know, God's God's voice, being able to hear him and, 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 and know his presence. I mean, he's with us. Do we know it? Yeah. How's he with us? And and so, yeah, connected to the king is is ground zero. Absolutely. Pursuing God. Yeah, absolutely. So number two, fighting for freedom. Yeah, freedom is the offer. Then uh, then, then freedom will be won and uh, hard fought and in, engaging in that. I mean, for, it, you talked about Satan. Freedom is going to be threatened. Yeah. Once you get free and, and more free from what's happened and the lies that the enemy spun around you, then then the adventure becomes staying free. Don't, don't get, don't make any new agreements, you know, don't align, <laughs> yeah. don't align with the kingdom of darkness anymore. Yeah. So you'll have to fight, you'll have to fight some battles. You know, it's interesting. I told, I, was, I had this study last night with these 14 men under 30 and we were, I was telling them, you know, at your age, you know, a lot of you have just got out of the house, you have freedom and you're defining freedom as a young man as the ability to do whatever you want. And I told right. them that's not freedom. In my in my understanding, freedom is the ability to say no to whatever yeah. I want. And their yeah. eyes kind of popped open. I'm like, because what happens is when you have the freedom of, good. and this ability to do whatever you want, you tend to go into bondage. You go into the pig pen and you get into bondage and you got to be really careful to. So the question for me in my own personal journey is, what are the things out there that I can't resist? Or who are the people out there that I can't resist gossiping about, slandering, because yeah. I may be in bondage to those people. Okay, I love, I love, I love freedom. Number three, seeing with the eyes of your heart. Yeah. Um, one word, man. Um, <laughs> well, you talked about it earlier, that you, you become oriented. You, you know that there's a spiritual realm. It exists. It's not far, far away. And so you're looking you're looking for the packages God's delivering. You're you're listening with the ears of your heart. You're listening for His voice, instruction. When He and 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 you can't hardly describe it until you've encountered it. But it 
that moment when you're driving in your truck and, and he says, I want you to give, I want you to give $10 to that, that guy on the corner. Now I don't give $10 to every guy on the corner, but I'm, but when he tells me, cause yeah, I know totally. his voice to, to do that, I do that. And, um, or, or to give a book away or, you know, I mean, to give resources away to, um, to be warned about, uh, preemptively to be warned, you know, it shouldn't always be game film after what you did wrong. Yeah, totally. I mean, what is it? To, what is it to have instruction and guidance going in? Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's a powerful thing. So seeing and hearing with the eyes and ears of your heart and, and this, there's a whole lot in the book, you know, about the heart. We, we wanted to really define that biblically, yeah. um, and, and make sure that, that men understand that your heart's not wicked in the kingdom as a believer. You've got a new heart and yeah. he's inviting you to live from it. You have the equipment to live this life. So you're going to need to see and hear with this equipment, this heart that he's entrusted to you, a new heart yeah. and, that it, and that it is bent towards him. And it's the false self that's bent the other way and identifying when the false self is speaking, like you were saying uh, earlier, yeah. I mean, we, we're, we're not very discerning as kingdom men. And, and that has to be, I'd say, so let me change my word. That's a long, long, I've got, a, I've got a word I'm thinking right now, but I'm going to let discernment. you discernment. Oh, okay. Discernment. Seeing I, with the eyes of your heart, hearing with the ears of your heart, that's discernment being a discerning man. I was yeah. going to say experiencing God on the macro instead of the micro. Same thing. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, so number yeah. 4, you start your phrases as you we get lower down here, they get more and more uh, I'm going to use the word complex. I'm getting curious mm. about some of these answers because I know what you're saying, but I go, why did he pair these words together? You know, I think like when I read an author because I am an author, I think why did they why? What's the why behind this? And so okay. the, this fourth one was pretty self-explanatory, listening and patience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are those are skills of a warrior. You know, you don't come charging in. You're, you're assessing, assessment, kind of discernment again. Mm-hmm. You're listening. You're listening for God's voice. You're listening to what the person is saying across from you, and um, and and yeah, how, how does how does patience play into that? Is mm-hmm. that you need patience in order to listen? Yep. And you can practice that skill with your kids. I promise you, they'll give you plenty of opportunities to practice <laughs> patience and listening. And, and what are they saying that's true and untrue? I mean, you can hear, as you get trained, you're going to start hearing the compromising things that, that even, I, I was with, we were with a couple um, just the other day uh, in, in, a, in a conversation counseling, and she said, I hate myself. I hate myself. I was like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't say that. What, what, what makes you say that? Mm. And so I'm, I'm listening, and, and, and I'm realizing she's making you said earlier, steal, kill, and destroy. What yeah. is it that the enemy is whispering to her that now she's the one whispering it? Yeah. He has, he has some control now Yeah, because she believes that and right. is communicating that. We want that off of her. We want that out of her. We want that. We want to, we want to bring remedy to that kind of, so listening and patience, that's a practical way, not my favorite word practical, but that's a practical way to see something happening in front of you and around you, micro and macro. Well, another thing too, Michael, is is uh, as I was a youth pastor for almost three decades, and and I'd love to, the answers when I'd ask students, what is prayer? And they all say the same wrong answer, talking to God. To God. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's the wrong answer. And they're like, what do you mean that's the wrong answer? I said, mm-hmm. I define prayer as a turn and focus on God, because I would say at least two, uh, you know, the, the, with your two ears, you should listen 
twice as much as you speak. And so yeah. we, it's a turn to God. And when I turn to God, I'm not talking to God. I'm having him talk to me. But we yeah. again, it's our culture, right? Talk, 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 American, American, American. Instead of saying, just yeah. wait. Why doesn't God talk to you? Why doesn't God talk to me? Well, do you listen? Or are right. you making your Christmas list for Santa and hand it over to him? You know, like right. you had said, slide it under the door and hope the annoyed yeah. old man will listen to a couple of your requests. Place, and place so, your order. Yep, mm-hmm. place your order. G, Santa Claus in heaven. Okay. And so the next one, now this one really, the next two, I, I go, man, I got to ask about these two. Because I, I just thought the pairing of this was so interesting. Number five is solitude and cunning. Yeah. Yeah. I think the you could you know four and five could be switched in terms of they're not linear but okay you, yeah I didn't you, take you, it that you, way no but you got to get away you have to you have to you know you, you've got to find quiet um, I, I remember this quote I never forget it that that when I am busy the father is quiet Ooh. and so busyness is such a four letter word for the kingdom man and so solitude is where we get our instructions to enter into the story and, and, and fight well for freedom. So there's a cunning, um, I gotcha. and, and the, and the father instructs us in solitude. So we saw Jesus, Jesus getting away. He, he got away all the time. If he wasn't around the campfire, the disciples like he's around here somewhere because he, he's, he's, he's meeting with the father. So curious they became was tell us how to pray. Teach us how to do what you do. And he showed him the elementary style yeah. of prayer, yeah. the, the Lord's prayer. That's yeah. the elementary prayer. John seventeen is the big boy prayer. <laughs> but but this is this is the this yeah. is the first grade, second grade, third grade prayer. Pray like this. That was what they needed to hear. We need to graduate, right, Jim, to to John seventeen. That's how Jesus prayed. Oh, and it's got the good. enemy in the, it's got the enemy in there. It's got it's got the Father, Son, and Spirit in there. The Trinity. I mean, it's a powerful growing up, you know, so we, and yes, we should recite the fundamentals of, of the Lord's prayer. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but, but anyway, solitude and cunning. I think, a, I think a warrior has got to be cunning. You you have to know like Jason Bourne, the enemy's out there. They're after you yeah. and they're, and they're coming to steal, kill and destroy. How, why, when, why do they think they can offer me that lure? Why do they believe that, that I'll succumb to that temptation? Because you know how temptation works. It's an idea. Yeah, it's just it's a suggestion. It's an idea, and then when you bite it, it's going to bite you back, and have a hold of you until you know. I think come to that place where you'll remedy that with God. Yeah. And, um, so anyway, solitude and cunning. I, lo- I love the word, word cunning. Kingdom. I love that word. I think of strategy. I, I think of this. I think of this. I hear this all the time, and it annoys me. Oh, Jim, can we meet together? Can we meet? I know you're busy, but and I always correct him based on John ten ten and Zoe. And I say, yeah, uh, I don't like to use the word busy. To me, that's a sin. I lived. I have a full life I live. Full life, amen. And I have a hey, full a life, great... but I want to fit you into my life because you and me having coffee make my life even richer and fuller. Yeah. But when I when I am busy, I have to go, okay, God, I, I repent, yeah. forgive me. I thought when I was a young man, though, hey, younger spiritually, younger chronologically, I thought busy was the coolest thing ever. The busier you are, the more successful you are. And I, and I looked at Jesus, and I realized, mm-hmm. in fact, my grandpa Ramos, full-blooded Portuguese guy, said to me this. I mean, us Portuguese were fast talkers. He said, a real man, a real man, eats fast, talk fast, works fast. And wow. 
carries a pocket knife, which I always carry the pocket knife. <laughs> yeah. But I realized I had been sold a false narrative from a man I respect more than any other. And I realized that when I compared my grandpa's eat fast, talk fast, work fast to Jesus, he did none of those things. Yeah, <laughs> He would have been yeah. called lazy in America. In America, we would probably reject him as lazy. Yeah, he wasn't in a hurry. Nope. That, and I think, I think cunning is Jesus. I really, he said things to people that were so astonishing and, and he could say it in the same crowd. He, he would have a word for the Pharisees and then he could turn to the woman caught in adultery. Where are your accusers? Yeah. I mean, those are cunning and, and appropriate, appropriate words at, for the appropriate person and audience. I mean, he just, so I, I associate cunning with Jesus now and I didn't used to. But I oh I think he's well, he's, he's he's absolutely be as brilliant. gentle as a dove and wise as a serpent. A serpent. I, I, I two things about that John that John eight story of the woman caught in adultery. I want to know what the heck he was writing in the sand. Sand yeah. And yeah. you know the funny part is people don't realize that John eight woman was Mary Magdalene. That's oh, wow, who yeah. that was. If you go back and you read Luke and you read John eight, you put it all together. Mary Magdalene was that woman, and look look at the transformative yeah. uh, process she went through. Just really really amazing. Uh, really amazing. So, okay. So, how about number six? Moving and glory. Yeah the the glory piece. So he's he's moving us. You know, there's what God is doing is restoring restoring everything. He's restoring the earth. He's restoring his people. He's restoring you. So that this restoration that's going on in the midst of this battle. Um, He's so there's a there's a movement there's progression, and and the movement that he wants to work in your life and in my life is to our glory. What how do we bear his image? What's the unique glory? Small G, if you're an image bearer, small G glory that you bring to the larger story that's been compromised, that's been marred. That's what the enemy doesn't want is for you to walk in your God given glory. And this is Second uh, Corinthians three eighteen with ever increasing glory, you know, mm-hmm. the whole Moses looking in the mm-hmm. and veiled and, and, and that we as new creations, you know, right. We're being uh, and becoming more and more like him in ever increasing glory, that that's the work of God in a, in a man's life. That's the father's work mm-hmm. and what Jesus did to enable that work. And that what the Holy spirit is doing to instill and, and, and see that movement in a man's life. So if we can get in line with what God's doing in our lives and in the world, that's, that's what uh, that's what we're up to with mo- with moving in uh, in glory. Yeah, and I see that also as saying God. I don't want there's there's this weird false false self poser humility that says, oh, I don't want anybody to know about anything about me. I don't want anybody to know my name. I want to be anonymous, and I just call that a sin. Of it's a yeah. sin of pride because a yeah. humble man says, God, put me on display. And yeah. I promise God I will give you the glory, right? For yours is the kingdom, make me a kingdom man, and the power, endue me with power, and the glory. Yeah. God, I will give you the glory for everything that you've done in my life when you put me on display. The problem is when that guy gets put on display and then says, man, I am pretty awesome. He has a Nebuchadnezzar moment, right? He's out there yeah. chewing on grass and and growing long hair with a dew all over him. <laughs> and yeah. I'm talking about not... <laughs> So, yeah, or he goes, or he goes the other way with a false humility. You yeah, know, that whole, that whole, no, no, it's not me, it's all God, and and I'm not saying take credit, but there's a partnership. Yeah, you know, there's an alliance between the Father and me, and He's going to put me in situations where I can bring the kingdom, where I can 
I can, uh, you know, I can, I can protect, I can raise my shield and sword. And when somebody recognizes that and says, man, Jim, I love what you said. I love what you did. Really the best, the kingdom man response is, Hey, thank you. Yeah. God and I have been, God and I have been working on that. And I'm so glad that was helpful. Um, rather no, 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 it's all, it's all God. Well, it, yeah, it is all about God, but on the other side of the coin, he makes it all about us and he wants to share. He wants to share his power and authority with us. And, and we know where it comes from as warriors. And so, yeah, we, we enter into the, into the challenges and into the, into the fray, into the battle. And, uh, and we come to him over and over again with, with our hearts and with instruction, asking for instruction and guidance. And, and, and he says he'll be faithful. He'll show us, he'll tell us, mm-hmm. and, and then and he'll deploy us into those situations. Absolutely. So, yeah, so, I think it's a really cool what you're on, what you're talking about that false humility or that pride. You know, that's kind of the the spectrum of yeah. the two of of how do you wield your glory? How do you and, and you know who gave it to you? You know where it came from, and and I think you know just a good a good thank you is is really the best the best answer when when somebody recognizes you for what God's given you and entrusted to you. I think that's a great way to handle that is, yeah, I, thank you. God and I have been working on that, and I'm so glad that was helpful. Yeah, I like to so, celebrate it. I was uh, I, dropped every, I dropped every class in college where I had to do an oral presentation, and about two months after I really surrendered my life to Christ, he called me into ministry, and we really battled over the speaking part because I was like, heck no, it ain't going to happen. And so now, fast forward 25 years, you know, this year we get a keynote speak at Iron Sharpens Iron in Albany, keynote, yeah. uh, Iron Sharpens Iron in Jacksonville, and I just laugh, and people will come up, and, you know, there's always somebody who's going to give you a compliment, so I always take that with a grain of salt, but I just laugh, and I go, yeah, that was pretty cool, huh? Because I'm thinking, sometimes I'm up there speaking, and I can feel the Holy Spirit speaking through me, and giving me ideas and thoughts and concepts and yeah. passion, and realizing there's no way that Jim Ramos, Jim Ramos is not this good. And so just to say thank you, God, for the partnership. Number seven in your Warrior Basic Training School is, and I thought this was a beautifully obvious, uh, it, love is, the, is number seven, but I love what you said. You said love is the family business in the kingdom. Do you want to elaborate? Yeah. Um, you know, back to love is what we're made for. Love is the greatest thing. Uh, love is what God is according to first John, you know, God is love and he's, he's loving us and entrusting us to love others back to life. I think he wants to partner with us in this, in this family business. Jesus was notorious at loving and, and, and not everything he said was kind, Correct. but everything he said was loving. You know, he confronted some people pretty seriously and had some pretty challenging words for, um, some in the story. So, uh, you know, loving life and love, love and life, those are just huge. And, and that's what the kingdom life is about. That's the family business. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, I want to, we're like f- five minutes left. We're getting against the edge here. And I really want to cover a couple things here. But I want to move into the section of your book. You call it advanced training. And that resonated me because I thought, oh, basic training, you know, that's cool, but, you know, give me some Navy SEAL stuff, right? Uh, and so you got into advanced training, and that really hurt. It was kind of painful. And and I know you listed, I think you listed a couple things in here, but two really stood out to me. And you didn't number them like what they are. You just kind of list them. So I was like, well, what is yeah. what? But I walked away with, 
your first two being these are huge, and you you talked about these men who mastered the Bible. These uh, last night at my group uh, with my millennial men, we talked about you know what does stand firm in the faith mean when guys have been in ministry 30, 40, 50 years are falling off the deep end, right. and, and it came down to these two things. And I think these are they're in your book, and I thought this is really resonating with me because I think this is advanced training. When I think of advanced training, I think of not being better, but being better right. longer. And so the right. two, the, so I just want you to speak to, and here's, here's one of the things that you said in your book. You wrote, quote, and I'm not talking about immoral behaviors. That's starting way too far downstream. So I, want, I love that. And you continued, you said, I'm talking about compromised thoughts where the real battle is in the warriors fighting and the warriors yeah. fighting must begin. So the two things that you talked about in your advanced training are being uncompromising and advancing. So do you want to unpack yeah. those? Yeah. Those are huge. The, yeah. The, the belief. So what we were after in, in that, in the first one about compromised and, and sin and behavior. So the sin piece, if, if you're looking at sin and trying not to sin, that sin management we talked about earlier yep, in the show, yeah. um, we were, so if, if sin isn't the, isn't the issue, what is we, we believe that you've got to go farther upstream to what's causing me to believe that a woman on a screen has something for me more than the woman at home. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it's not just Pavlov's dog. It's not, but, but there's some, there's something happening deeper in a system of how, how our heart works and advancing is is becoming a little more special ops. You are you are far more interested in what is what is it that I'm believing that this holds for me that's going to satisfy some part of my heart that that I can't um like it's Romans seven I can't do what I want to do yes and, and, and what I'm doing I don't want to do so who will deliver me from this so going upstream and finding out what is it that i've believed about myself about god or about others what kind of inventory can i take that sin is actually showing me that there's something compromised in me and it's a it's some, somewhere in there is a belief attached to the, you know you talked about something to hide something to prove something to fear that's mm-hmm. an oriented man has nothing to hide nothing to prove yeah. nothing to fear well a compromised man or a disoriented man is, has something when fear or hiding or shame or guilt or or an offer a compromised promise you know that that our sexuality can be sent in another direction that the enemy is compromised what is it that's going on in my system and like for example i just remember where god took me was um i believed in junior high like a lot of boys do and by the time i was in high school i was practicing this to some degree that if you pay for the dinner and the movie, she'll pay you back. <laughs> you too? I never thought that way. Dale's going, me too. <laughs> so that's a belief. Yeah, understood. And so that needs not just confession and repentance. It needs understanding. It needs it needs breaking that agreement. And, and confession and, and, and repentance is yeah. that unsubscribing way. And then you have to start practicing differently because the enemy is going to come calling and, and try to bring that up again. And that, how do you 
how do you start to practice the new way? That's what I mean. You're going to have to, since you haven't been fighting that battle for a long time, you've been falling and falling and maybe you get 30 days, maybe you get 60 days, maybe you get a run yeah. of, of uh, not doing it, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But um, yeah, I mean, those, these are some real subtleties when guys exaggerate um, or they don't offer. What is it? You know, you're, you're getting into some deeper water of, of, of what sin might look like and be. Yeah. When you when you're afraid, or when you're trying to prove, I mean, those look two different things. And so upstream is typically some files and some some ingredients that you can look at, if if you're willing to go there. I've seen Jesus show men all kinds of things that that where where the pollutant is actually coming from that that the behavior then results in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's an idea, it's a belief, it's an attitude, it's a perspective that's upstream. That's where you want to do the work, not in the doing and don't doing. The sin, the sin is is a little bit too late. It's it's what are you believing? Yeah. That that has that that's false, and and that's running and almost running you in an autopilot way. So that's uh, that's how some of this looks, and that's why, you know, beliefs and 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 compromised and uncompromised were some of that advanced training. Seeing that kind of stuff and doing the work with God to take back lost ground you know, to bring that back into alignment with God. Well, and whenever I have something to prove, something to fear, and something to hide, uh, John Elders calls that being a poser. You said oh, putting, putting on the mask or the yeah. false self, or, self, or Paul addressed it as the flesh. And so when right. I have those moments where I'm like, whoa, whoa, why am I bragging? Whoa, 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 why am I hiding that? Whoa, 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 whoa yeah. what, what am I afraid of? I have to go back and go, okay, it's time to, I'm going to use your illustration, journey upstream. To me, that's, I know upstream, you're talking about my past, but to me, upstream is pushing against the current into the deeper yeah. waters. I'm going to advance when everybody else is drifting, and I'm going, to, I'm going to continue to rise into the best version of myself in Christ, even though the currents yeah. of life are pushing me downstream. And so this is some deep water stuff, man. So I really do yeah. appreciate... I do yeah. appreciate that, man. And we are we are out of time. <laughs> uh, it's just really fun getting these conversations. I, I hopefully yeah. uh, I can get over to the North Carolina area sometime. If I'm ever in Durham, I'll give you a call and we'll have a real, we, yeah, a real we want you. Co- cup Come of on. coffee. So um, anyway, I sure appreciate that. Again, you guys, you can look, you can look at is it Zoe dot org. Zoe dot org. Z o w e h dot org. Pr- pronounced. Yeah. I always called it Zoe, but I also said Saint yeah. Irenaeus. I don't know if I can say Saint Irenaeus yes, consistently yeah. without failing. I'll just probably stick to my Americanized. I version. think that I think there's a, there's still a feud there's still a feud about that name. It's I've heard oh, it really? both ways in, in all kinds of places. Well, I, I like the way you say it better. It sounds more yeah. uh, old school. Old school theology. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I'm uh, thanks. Not sure so. I got it right. <laughs> well, hey, Michael, thanks so much for coming on our show, man, and taking your time you to share your wisdom. So, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on. Yeah, thanks for what you're doing for the hearts of men. These these are big conversations, and I hope more and more men will uh, will circle up and uh, and see this, see what you guys are doing, what you're offering, and and yeah, they they can do this. That's what we want them to know, right? You you can do this. Well, and, and it's and really God, fun. Yeah. God's inviting you to do. He's going to equip you. He's going to provide. He's going to bring friends. He's going to. He's going to. He, you can do this. And and alignment, you know, shouldering up in that direction is really, really what your first steps. First things first, and and wanting that hungry, 
being hungry. I hope this, I hope this creates a little bit of hunger for some men and uh, they keep, they move to your website, look at resources you're offering because this can be done. Absolutely. He wouldn't, he wouldn't ask us to do something that we couldn't do. Well, and it's really funny because in the nineties it was kind of, you had this promise keepers thing, but as I interview guys through the man card podcast, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of guys around the country doing what you're doing, doing what I'm doing. There are pockets of men doing great things. And I see a movement happening and yeah, I really too. do see men saying, Hey, let's time to move upstream. We don't want to yeah. drift down. Nobody ever drifts down. Nobody ever drifts upstream. Right. So let's stop drifting men and start swimming. So guys, you've been mm-hmm. listening to this episode of the man card podcast. Hey guys, we realize that getting upstream is the toughest thing you ever do, but start. Hey, go check out zoe.org. Uh, enlist in the man, Men in the Arena closed Facebook forum for men. Subscribe to the Man Card Podcast and uh, pick up our free app. You're going to love those resources. Guys, we are all about partnering with other kingdom ministries. So yeah. find a ministry that fits for you. Find a voice that speaks your language. Get involved. Get engaged. Change your world. Join us in building an army of men in the arena who are becoming the best version of themselves and changing their world because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. <laughs> was that was that a weak sauce roar? Oh, my goodness. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. This is Dale Culver, and you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Has your man card been challenged today? If you hunger to be the best version of you, then join the thousands of men around the country on our closed Facebook forum called The Men in the Arena. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of manhood. Also, make sure you ask about our newest equipping opportunity called the Man Card Weekend with the men in the arena. Let us inspire the men of your organization to become the best version of themselves today. And don't forget to purchase a copy of Jim's new book, The Man Card, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys. This is the best book out there that defines what a man is and does. In it, Jim combines his master storytelling abilities with his no-holds-barred style, distinguishing between men and boys. If you want to keep your man card, then pick up a copy of this life-changing book today. Simply go to the Great Hunt for God app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. Thank you for listening to this episode, The Man Card Podcast. This is Dale Culver signing off. Until next time, join our army and become the best version of you. Get in the arena. Let the world feel the full weight of who you are. Grind it out. Be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.